the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Welcome to Ed Martin's Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email. The daily email is called The Wink, W-Y-N-K. What? You need to know. And what you need to know, the wink comes in your email box every day at 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific, with a few key links, a few key stories, and one big point. It's what you need to know. So you want to sign up there. I promise I don't rent, sell, do anything with your email list, email address. I just send you this list. Thousands and thousands of people get that every day. You want to be a part of that community, getting what you need to know. All right. Um, this is a major story. I I'm I was I was up very very early uh, this morning. I spent a bunch of time researching, uh, looking back at history and thinking about things. And I have to say, I have never in my life been more worried about the direction of the country than I am today. So that's a big claim. Let me see if I can back it up. I, I have always been an optimist. I still am that America will always, uh, you know, get through these things and get get by. But I have watched the crown jewel of American life be tarnished, battered. The crown jewel of American life is our Constitution, the rule of law, and the founding values all knitted together. That's the thing that made uh, uh, property rights work. That's the thing that made um, the uh, the um, uh, representative government work. That's the thing that had created freedom in a way that gave us so many opportunities to express ourselves, whether entrepreneurially, uh, in terms of literary, sports, whatever it is. The crown jewel of America is our constitution, the rule of law, and the founding values, Christian values. And it's been battered. It's been battered. We've It's been battered by, you know, uh, judicial uh Oligarchs, we used to call them black robed oligarchs who would make decisions and make up the law, the movement to make the Constitution to a living Constitution where it just became whatever people wanted out of whole cloth. They create a right to abortion based on privacy, all this kind of stuff and 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 corruption and the government growing so big that the tentacles, the the uh, the ties that bind us through the federal government have become like. Uh, in Gulliver's Travels, 
like the giant, the Lilliputians tying up the giant with all those little strings. You don't need, you need thousands and thousands of regulatory strings that have tied us up, all these kinds of things. The the web of deceit that comes out of the media, all these kinds of things. It felt like the crown jewel of America has been tarnished, battered. Lawfare has been horrendous. But comes now the report out of New York that a judge has decided that um, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate is um, not worth um, what Donald Trump claimed it was in loan documents. And you say, well, OK, loan documents have a big um, uh, uh, the um, a big um, uh flag a warning on it that says the, you know these are filled out these numbers are filled out by the guy looking for the loan so you should verify them you know sort of loaner caveat emptor buyer beware is the phrase in this case loaner caveat i think that's right caveat loaner caveat loaner you should be aware the loan company the banks should look so now a a, a court a judge has rejected what real estate estimates real estate People, people that know, say Mar-a-Lago is worth somewhere around $300 million, maybe more, maybe a billion. It's a unique property. It's bigger than most properties in Palm Beach. It's our West Palm Beach. It's bigger than um, uh, it goes across the whole island. There's all kinds of things about Mar-a-Lago that are unique. It's bigger. Like I said, it's bigger buildings, all that stuff. And this judge decided that, nope, it's worth $18 million. And he decided it's worth $18 million and that it's fraud. It's been fraud. And he's making this decision so that the attorney general of of New York can proceed with a case along these lines. Now, here's the point. The point is this. If the judges in our system are willing to lie, willing to say something to get their political opponents, and that's all this is. This is clearly about Trump. If they're willing to do that, then the system is breaking down. The system is broken, actually. And once the system is broken, that's what makes America. You know, I, I forgot in, the, in saying the crown jewel of, of, of American life, the Constitution, the Bill of uh, Constitution, the rule of law and the founding values, Christian values. But one of the factors in this is a due process. One of the n- names for that, the, one of the names for an aspect of the crown jewel is due process, where you had a right to appeal. You had a right to a tribunal. You had a right to a jury of your peers. You, you had this system, a system that gave you protections, especially when they were messing with your property and even more so when they were messing with your liberty. And now we're, we're watching lawfare. It's one thing for prosecutors to engage in lawfare. Usually a prosecutor who is biased and, and goes too far ends up paying a price, either being voted out of office, uh, being removed by the appointing authority over time that you can't get away in our system with being so biased and inappropriate, but a prosecutor can do it for a bit, but they end up paying a price. One of the prices they pay is judges in our system were honorable as part of the crown jewel and would stop the madness. In this case, a judge is engaged in the madness. And so we are watching and seeing a real serious moment in American life. If it's going to be so that there will be no check 
on the abuse of people by their political opponents or just by their enemies, opponents in general. If there's no check and balance in our system, due process is one way to say it, but just generally the Constitution, the rule of law, and the founding values. If there's not a check, me, the founding values are mis- disappearing too because our founding values included sets of people who would stand up and say, ah, we've got to have a system that works. Even though I don't like your politics, I'm, I'm going to respect the system and protect you. John Adams represented some of the British who were part of the Boston Massacre. Down through the ages, there have been times where you've had people that have stood up for ugly, ugly people and their rights, thinking of free speech, thinking of even Second Amendment. People, you might say, I don't really like that guy, but his rights have to be stood up for. That was the system. And there were people, men and women, called to be something called lawyers, officers of the court, who were supposed to especially guard the crown jewel the Constitution, the rule of law, and the founding values, Christian values, honesty, respect, virtue. Those people are gone. Oh, let me say it differently. Too many of those people are missing the officers of the court that should be saying, what? You can't do that. Instead, all of the pressure, all of the pressure on judges and and, and members of the bar is to conform with the People who are in charge to call it a regime, if you want the ruling class and go after those who oppose them, who are who are whose voices are outside of the mainstream. It's it should terrify you. It should terrify you because it's not that far from where we are to real, true lawlessness. It's one thing to feel like the system is rigged against the little guy. But if you really come to believe that the system is just rigged in every way. It's not just, you know, that used to, I'm not saying, I'm not defending it, by the way. I'm saying that people that were less powerful would say, well, I couldn't get as good a lawyer. I, I couldn't get as good an opportunity to assert my rights and all. And yet still there was protections. There still was a sense that the system was holding, even when there was incomplete fairness. Life isn't fair. But now the system is breaking. It's broken. It's it's extraordinary to see. And again, if the bar, the lawyers, the officers of the court, the so-called, you know, white knights of our system that are supposed to defend the crown jewels, if they're missing in action, the other group that's missing in action is the is the press. The press whose role as a guardian, as a as a critic, as a light shiner, someone who shines the lights on the on the government to protect we the people, gone. They, they report these stories as if Trump committed fraud because a judge made it up in this case about Mar-a-Lago. Instead of saying, this can't be what's going on. This is clearly an abuse. It, it shouldn't happen like this. We're watching a very dangerous moment, more dangerous than I, I ever imagined, honestly. Because of what it's what is what's being destroyed, not just damaged now, the crown jewel of American life. What you need to know is the Constitution, the rule of law, the founding values knit us together. It's it's not forever if you don't protect it. Plenty of things end. We have to be very careful and aware. All right, we gotta take a break right now. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is uh, Terry Schilling. He's been with us uh, a few times in the last couple of months. He is, of course, uh, over at the American Principles Project, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Um, he is the president of the organization there. And, hey, one of the things, Terry, I was so uh, excited, actually, to watch over the last few months, there's lots of things to talk about with Elon Musk, but one of the things he's talked about is, you know, having big families and the population problem and what you can do. Well, he was, I think he was, you, you yeah, correct me. Was he in Hungary or was the Hungarian president, uh, Katalina Novak, uh, was she here? Whatever it was, they had this great interaction um, and uh, conversation. And she's a great, Hungary's a great proponent of policies that really promote the family. That was a pretty cool uh, interaction. Did you track that one? I did, Jim. And, and, and thanks so much for having me. Or, I'm sorry, Ed. Gosh, I'm so... It's all right. You know, I got six kids and I forget their names. So I'm uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry but, about it. But uh, no, I, I actually think that Catalina Novak was here uh, oh, good. visiting yeah. Elon because I, I think they toured uh, a few of his, uh, oh, his sites. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, listen, what Elon is talking about is something that's very real. Uh, and he, he comes down the right side of this. We do have a population crisis. And if you talk to the left, they'll say it's a overpopulation crisis and that it's causing global warming. And then we need to, you know, kill <laughs> off, you know, 95 percent of the, of humanity in order to stop this. What Elon sa- is saying is that depopulation is actually a much bigger crisis uh, for the world than anything else. And he's exactly right. When you when a nation start, and we've, we witnessed this throughout history, when a nation begins to depopulate, when they start to lose population, what happens is your economy shifts from creation, from construction, from building new things, building new homes, you know, putting more people to work. It shifts from that to demolition. Hmm. And we've seen that in country, in nations that have had a demographic decline, like Germany, where uh, demolition became their number one industry for a few decades. Uh, and it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. It means you're not growing. More hands make for lighter work. Everyone knows that. We, it's, a, it's a common sense thing. And we really do need more people in this country. Uh, we, you know, this week, we got what, uh, over $30 trillion worth of debt. Well, let me ask uh, your listeners, is that going to be easier to pay off with more people or fewer people? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. Yeah, that's a good. Well, and that's right. Exactly. That's, uh, you know, it's not a, not the only reason to have a family, but one is to probably to help you not only your own uh, uh, future as a mom and dad and a later grandma and grandpa or whatever, but also the uh, economy. That's really right. Um, Hey, one of the other things. So keep st- staying with the theme of Elon Musk, because it is interesting to watch him comment. Um, California, uh, Governor Newsom has uh these trans policies the uh and and i don't even know now whether the uh, veto of the bill matters out in california if you affirm if you don't affirm the gender identity of your trans child you can have problems there's problems in the court system there's problem in the in the department of family services elon musk uh weighed in on this and said you know this is crazy stuff again well good for elon it's fascinating to see but i i guess uh terry Schilling is our guest american principles project um this problem, I thought it would go away. It's so crazy. It's not going away, is it? Well, I think what we're seeing uh, actually is that as the Democrats uh, begin to lose more fights on this, and they, they are losing ground, uh, they are getting more and more desperate, right? A confident movement that actually believes that trans is the future does not pass legislation 
that takes away parental custody uh, uh, from parents for not supporting a gender transition for their minor, right? That is that is actually pessimism in the future of your movement. And so they're they're weaponizing the state to keep it alive. But that's how you have to look at it. It's it's actually a very sober way. It seems like we're losing because the mainstream media, the lamestream media, uh, you know, is reinforcing this message nonstop. It, it, they're nothing. We're surrounded by propaganda every day. You go on on cable news, you go on local news, you go on your your Twitter feed. It's just nonstop propaganda. And that's why it feels like we're losing. But these are acts of desperation. These are not acts of a, of a confident uh, leader that is, you know, really confident that their movement is going to be successful. Terry Schilling, again, is our guest, and he is uh, over at the uh, American Principles Project, their website, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. He's the president there. Um, You know, there's also been uh, a ton of attention. I know X slash Twitter is not the real world, but there has been a bunch of uh, of, uh, back and forth with folks that are saying one thing I disagree with and one thing I agree with. The thing I disagree with is they say, you know, marriage is out of outdated. A lot of people are saying that. But the other thing that the same group of people, some of them are saying is, and one of the reasons it's outdated is because the legal system around which a lot of family law and family courts is structured, that system is really broken. It's it's like anti-dad. It's anti-keeping the family together. Uh, you know, Terry, that's a, this is a tough issue, right? It's a it's a tough issue. Late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, she would say that uh, no-fault divorce was a game-changer in a very negative way. Um, th- there, is a, there is a real need to have divorce at certain times, but no-fault divorce made it so that, you know, you have a bad weekend and and you get divorced. Uh, but the system really is uh, a, a big mess. Uh, does that come up onto your radar screen? Are you guys seeing some of that energy that at least I see on uh, on X bouncing around? Do you see that coming into the public debate? We've been trying to figure out the, the marriage problem in America for a while now. It's very difficult. Uh, the state uh, that we have now is is what you just described, which is uh, total chaos. Uh, No-fault divorce is a disaster. You know, the Soviets... Uh, when in, ni- in the 1920s, uh, made no fault divorce the law of the land, and they made it a five. They made marriage dissolution a five minute process. Wow. And there's a really interesting article in the Atlantic in 1926 uh, that tells this story. And basically, what was happening is men would get married to someone, knock them up, and and they would abandon them and get divorced in a five minute no fault process. Well, these entire towns were being ransacked and robbed and, and, and destroyed through crime and chaos that was caused by criminal orphans. And you, you fast forward in America today, about 50, 60 years since we've had, since we started implementing no fault divorce. And we have the same stuff happening here in our cities, right? Crime is through the roof. Uh, you know, there's arson is through the roof. All all violent crime is through the roof. And it's because dads aren't raising their kids anymore. We've had a system of no-fault divorce where kids really don't get as much access to their fathers as they need. And it's leading to total chaos and and destruction. And so you could have predicted this. And actually, there were a lot of politicians that did. And they were shouted down as racist uh, because they were actually concerned about the growing uh, rate of fatherless homes in, in the black community in the 1960s and 70s, right? And this is uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, yeah. um, one of the most famous senators of all time out of New York, Democrat. Uh, was shouted down as a racist. And it's because 
America has allowed for a race industry to be formed, right? There is, there's a whole, it, it was a byproduct of, uh, of civil rights law, but now there's a whole uh, lawfare wing uh, of the race industry. And, and then there's the PR and the shaming aspect. And we can't even talk about the root causes. We, we have to blame um, whole groups of people that are totally innocent and have no blood on their hands for, for what's going on and, and why these communities are failing. And it's, it's absolutely detestable. Uh, uh, Terry Schilling is our, our guest and uh, and he, of course, is, runs the American Principles Project. And uh, I will put up on social media links to all those things. Um, Terry is the, you know, a lot of times a primary, you know, a fight over who's going to be in office is an opportunity for uh, issues to arise. I don't imagine that the Democrats have embraced many of the principles and the policies you have. Are you seeing some of the, the, the primary? I know it's a funny primary with a former president running, but are, are the issues that you are advocating for coming up and are you getting a, a fair hearing on them? I think that's an important people don't quite realize a, a good primary is good for pol- you know policy folks that want to make people say, hey, look at this. Are you seeing that in this primary? Absolutely. If you if you look at each one of the candidates, they are all pretty decent uh, in, in opposing wokeism. Right. And I use that as a catch all for all the race garbage and all the trans garbage and all the weird sexualization of kids garbage, really anti-American garbage. Um, but they're all talking about it. Right. If you look at uh, just the two front runners, Donald Trump, who I think he's now in the 60s or 70s of support. And then you have Ron DeSantis. Those two candidates right there are the two embodiments of what it means to be an anti-woke politician and they have over 80 percent support combined in the republican party that that tells you a lot about the priorities of the field it tells you a lot about the priorities of the voters uh but you know the, the mainstream media the sorry the lamestream media, i don't know why i need to get that out of my uh, my lexicon mm-hmm. the lamestream media wants this to go away right and they're inundating us now with propaganda oh the woke issues aren't really coming up on the campaign trail there's just one problem you know, 82% of the electorate is behind the two most anti-woke candidates, uh, you know, and these are, right. these issues aren't going away. There's just a poll uh, the other day from American Compass. Uh, it's out in the Federalist today. And, it, you know, they're basically pointing out that these woke issues are actually front of minds uh, yeah. of Republican primary voters. Well, good. Well, Terry Schilling, thank you for getting your voice out and coming on with us so frequently. We appreciate it. AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. I'll put it up on social media. I'm up against a deadline. we got to run. We'll be right back. Thanks, Terry. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, writes a weekly column among his other many, uh, many other duties he has, he writes a weekly column, the Phyllis Schlafly Report, with his brother, uh, Andy Schlafly. They have done it for years now, five, six years. Uh, their mother did it for 50. Uh, in fact, John, I forgot to send it to you. I have a, um, I have in my inbox, I saw a lawyer here in Washington, D.C., and he said, you know, 16 years ago, 17 years ago, Mrs. Schlafly is what he called her, wrote a column in support of me. I was being uh, targeted in the press and by others. And his name is Scott Block. He was then the uh, a Bush, administra- Bush administration uh, official. I forget it's the title of his um, job. It was like special counsel or something, which was a an administrative post that was kind of an ombudsman. And he had um, done some things. Anyway, Mrs. Schlafly, as he called her, wrote a column that he saw and he, he f- said it was supportive and very encouraging. Well, John Schlafly keeps that up. This week's column is out. It's uh, uh, the title is Supreme Court Caves to the Left, 
on racial quotas. Welcome back, John. Tell us what you're writing about here. I, you and I talked earlier in the day on Tuesday as you were preparing your column, and you and Andy and I did not, I, you did not hear you tell me this was one of the topics. But this is a big decision out of the Supreme Court that came out on Tuesday. So well worth an explanation. Walk us through it, please. Well, thank you, Ed. And I do remember the the flap about Scott Block and the Bush administration. So I'm glad to hear from him. But yeah. the Supreme Court issued a ruling on Tuesday. So we basically we shelved the other topic we were writing about in order to respond immediately to the Supreme Court. And it was very unfortunate and disappointing that the that people talk about the Supreme Court being six to three Republican. But in so many cases, one or two of those Republicans have flipped over to join the liberals. And that's happened uh, this week, again, in which two of the six Republicans, and they were John Roberts and, Scott and Brett Kavanaugh, joined with the three liberals to uh, to, to, in effect, tell Alabama that they have to redistrict the state of Alabama in order to put uh, re redraw the lines for their congressional districts so that at least two of the seven congressional districts have a majority population that are African Americans. Now, the Supreme Court has never said that the vote, of course, the Constitution doesn't require that. Nor does the Voting Rights Act require that, nor has the Supreme Court ever said that uh, states have to do that. And yet, in this case, the case of Alabama, uh, where Alabama had created one district with a black majority and a second district with where black Alabamians are, I think, 42 percent, they said, no, 42 is not good enough. It has to be 50 percent or better. So... What the Supreme Court did was to expect, tell a lower court that they have to hire a somebody to redraw the congressional districts and throw out what the state legislature had done in terms of drawing the congressional seats for the next election. John, I hate to no. let me let me interrupt you for a second. I, I, I hate to pretend I'm a moot court here. We're in a moot court, but couldn't. Alabama have decided under the Constitution and said, we have seven, is it seven uh, um, uh, congressional districts, but we're going to make them all statewide so that we have seven representatives. We're going to make them elected statewide. Couldn't they have done that? Um, I'm not sure any state has ever done that, so I don't know if there's any precedent for that. Uh, it, it was the, done in the far past. It, it, it was done the in the far past. The Constitution doesn't specify you know, districting within the state. The Constitution only speaks of apportionment among the states. Right, exactly. And, and so Alabama has has been allocated seven districts, which they lost. They lost one last time. They used to have eight. And that's a story in itself. Alabama brought a lawsuit uh, complaining rightfully that they lost their eighth district on account of illegal aliens who uh, populate are more populous in states like Texas and California. And that's why they lost their eighth district. So they're down to seven. And um, currently, the those seven districts 
are represented by one black Democrat and six white Republicans. And so, you know, Alabama rid their districts in an effort to uh, an effort to satisfy the court with uh, in which they would have a second district that would be almost a majority. But the court said, no, that's not enough. It has to be an absolute majority to and effectively to be sure that a Democrat will win that district. And, and Ed, as we said in our column, there's no reason why a African-American can't be elected in a district that has a white majority. Because we have right now, we have in the, in the Congress right now today, there are at least four African-American members of Congress who represent districts where that, that only have a small percentage of blacks in the district. And you can, you know, them as well as I do, there's Byron Donalds, there's, um, right. uh, uh, there's, uh, um, Burgess Owens, Wesley Hunt Hunt in Texas. There's Burgess Owens from Utah. There's, uh, James in Michigan. And, uh, those are all good representatives. They're just as black. I mean, they're as black as, as the South Carolina guy. And no one questions that they're African-American. And why don't they have just as much right to be in Congress? Uh, of course, they're all Republicans. Right. And that's the real issue. They are, you know, the Democrats are afraid that Alabama might elect a black Republican. And that, <laughs> that doesn't suit their objectives. Uh, they want to ensure that only a black Democrat can be I elected see. from a black majority district. John Schlafly is our guest. If you go to phyllisschlafly.com, all of his columns are archived there. Um, John, what happens here when two supposedly conservative judge, uh, justices, Chief Justice Roberts, Justice Kavanaugh, join with the liberals? I mean, I guess you just wring your hands and wonder why it's like this. I mean, I, it, it's... It makes no sense to me. This is such a silly decision. It's like a liberal decision where you want an end, therefore you engineer the means to get there, and yet two of the so-called conservatives fall for it. And it was unexpected, too, because both of these justices, Roberts in particular in a a famous decision from 10 years ago, which also came from Alabama, where about the Voting Rights Act, as well as Justice Kavanaugh, have both said that the Voting Rights Act is temporary. You know, you know, you know we've had it for so long that people forget that. It's only constitutional because it was to remedy a situation and that it, at some point we'd reach a day when the Voting Rights Act was no longer necessary and therefore no longer valid, no longer constitutional. Right. And frankly, after 40 years, you know, we're long past that day. Should be. And the whole thing should be tossed out. Now, that's what Justice Clarence Thomas has said. And the, the other uh, justices should buy into that. Um, is there anything that Alabama can do to push back on this? Is there any path for them to, you know, uh, do what they want? Anybody, anything you can see? Well, the trouble is the calendar. And, uh, at some point very, very soon, uh, it will be too late to change for the next election, even though the next election is over a year away, but so much has to be done to prepare and the, 
if you're going to redraw the lines, candidates have to know what district they're going to run in so they right. can form a campaign. I mean, so that's the problem. It's the calendar. Yes, Alabama could keep fighting, but uh, the pressure of coming to a resolution uh, for the next election will be so great that it will be impractical mm. uh, to keep wow. fighting for 2024. Uh, maybe what they can a, fight for future elections. Yeah. What a disappointment in terms of uh, the kinds of, um, you know, in a, in a certain sense, uh, John Schlafly, our guest, it just reinforces division. I, I hate to say, I hate to point that out, but it does. Uh, all right, John, thank you. As always, John Schlafly, the Phyllis Schlafly Report, available at townhall.com, Tuesday evenings, 5 or 6 p.m. Uh, you can find it there, but also archived at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, John, appreciate talking to you. We'll talk again uh, next week, if not before. Uh, we've got to take a break, though, right now, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Hollywood and the Pentagon have long been strange and unlikely allies. This goes all the way back to when America's growing film industry was mobilized to keep up America's fighting spirit in World War II with actors like a young Ronald Reagan. Hollywood benefits from access to military sites for shooting their films, and the Department of Defense benefits from positive portrayals of servicemen, which drives up recruiting numbers. However, Hollywood has grown unfaithful to their partnership with the DOD as foreign dollars lure them into capitulating to the Chinese propaganda machine. With its considerable population, Chinese theaters offer a tempting payday for American film companies. However, the Chinese Communist Party demands that certain content be removed from the movies before being shown on Chinese shores. Lest you think that this only affects the films shown in China, consider the case of the 2012 remake of the movie Red Dawn. In it, a band of American teens on the West Coast battle against an occupying force. Originally, the occupying force was supposed to be Chinese. But production company MGM was so determined to get their film into Chinese theaters that they reshot and re-edited the entire movie to make the bad guys North Korean. Still, China refused to show the movie anyway. More recently, references to Taiwan were scrubbed from the movie Top Gun Maverick. After much outcry, a Chinese company pulled their funding from the film and the Taiwan references were restored. Top Gun Maverick went on to be one of the biggest blockbuster hits of recent years. Thanks to conservatives in the United States Senate, the Department of Defense will no longer aid film production companies that kowtow to the Chinese communists. The new policy stipulates that the DOD won't work on any film that plans to edit content in order to be palatable to the Chinese communists. This is a huge win against our single biggest strategic adversary. A Red Dawn-style occupation of America may not be on the immediate horizon, but I'm glad that the Department of Defense had the good sense to end the Chinese occupation of American movie theaters. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. America is safe only when America is strong. Our national defense requires the most modern technology and best-trained soldiers, and there should be no social politics or idle threats coming out of Washington. At phyllisschlafly.com, we take this work very seriously. Please visit phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Um, This is going to surprise you. This is going to surprise you uh, here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Robert Menendez, senator from New Jersey. Um, Robert Menendez, very liberal guy. Um, Don't agree with him on almost any politics. But I, I rise. I rise in defense of Robert Menendez, Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey. Democrat, why? Why? Well, the oldest defense in the book. They're all doing it. They're all doing it. And I I guess it appears Menendez might have been more crass than Joe Biden, who had at least the uh, good sense or the decorum or the uh, dishonesty or whatever to make his son run the influence peddling schemes. Uh, it looks like Mr. Menendez, Senator Menendez, he did it himself. Maybe he did some with... Um, his uh, wife, but I don't know. And let me be clear. I don't know if I believe any of it. So I should say that what is reported, what is reported certainly sounds damning the way the reports have happened, the way they have been leaked, the way he has been uh, uh, indicted, the way it's been talked about uh, enough of the facts are presented in such a way that it looks damning. But I have told you over and over again, there is one thing that I do more than ever now. And it is very simply distrust and verify, distrust and verify. And the reason why is because I don't trust anything that I hear from the press, from the from the uh, from the uh, uh, government. I don't even believe what I hear from the actual person. I just don't believe any of it. You have to distrust it all. And the starting point of distrust, but verify is this. You really have to distrust the government at this point. You just can't believe them. You cannot believe what they tell you. You cannot believe what they have presented. You can't believe, frankly, what is even in an indictment. Because you would think that you would not, you know, you, you, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to doubt What's an indictment? Because there's certain standards. You know, the, the courts require a standard. The Bar Association requires a standard. There's certain standards that have to be met for an, for a, an indictment. But those are no longer trustworthy because we've seen kangaroo grand juries and kangaroo courts and can show trials and everything else. We've seen the system just break down into nothing it's been terrible to watch i'm not happy about it it's not a good thing but i rise in defense of senator menendez because i don't trust any of what's presented including what he says but therefore the starting point is distrust and verify and and here's the thing even if what they say is true about him even if the facts that they presented and leaked and everything else is true about Menendez. Everybody's doing it. That's clear to me. Everybody's doing it. And by that, let me say two data points make a a, a pattern. And the two data points are, and let me say it differently. 
I don't even know if what everybody's doing is illegal, but Nancy Pelosi has gotten rich. Paul Ryan got rich. Joe Biden and his family got rich. The system of the the swamp is that there's so much money and influence and wealth here. All you have to do, all you have to do is be in one of these positions and you got it made. Your kids will get into Yale, see Hunter Biden. Your family will have tons of money, see Hunter Biden. You'll have lots of influence, see Hunter Biden. And here's the big one. You won't get when you get caught, you won't get prosecuted, really. You'll get you'll get fine. You'll find some way around it. And I don't know if Robert Menendez, maybe he I think maybe he he has not played ball enough with the powers that be. They finally decided to burn him. I'm not sure why they burned him now. But they're all doing it. Senator Robert Menendez, his defense, they're all doing it. In the swamp, around the swamp, above the swamp, under the swamp, all the swamp, all the time. And and again, that's me telling you, I don't believe any of it. I really don't. I, I mean, I, I read it. I see it. I see pictures of his coat with money in it. I see pictures of gold bars. But I don't believe what is presented because I can't. I can't believe stuff after so many times of being burned. It's extraordinary. It's sad. It's tragic. But it's the truth. It's the truth. And that, my friends, is a is a shame. It's a it's you know it's probably as old as Adam and Eve, right? I'm not I'm not naive about corruption. I'm not naive about people being people. But it is it's terribly depressing. It's not a good thing. It's not something that's turning out well for we the people or for the future of the republic. And again, we'll be interested. I'll be interested to see if he actually he actually uh, ends up being prosecuted. I don't know who he got sideways with, but there you have it. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, to Mason Mohan, associate producer, and especially Ryan Height, our producer of the program, does a ton of work for the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Appreciate them both very much. Uh, don't forget, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink, as well as to take a look at all these different segments. And John and Andy Schlafly's columns are available there. You can click through. So a lot of there there, and um, you should check it out. And again, sign up for the daily email. I'm Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. We will be back soon with a lot more. Robert Menendez. Everybody's doing it. I'm, in, I'm for his defense. Have to. All right. Have a great, have a great night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.